welcome to the Jazz at Noon podcast. I'm Don Linky, your host. Some might say de facto ringleader of Milwaukee's own and amazing Jazz at Noon series. This podcast presents highlights from the free weekly series of lunch hour performances that take place every Monday at noon in the Skylight Bistro at the Broadway Theater Center, and that's 158 North Broadway in Milwaukee's own Third Ward. Well, unfortunately, during the current Safer at Home order, we've had to temporarily suspend live performances. But with nearly 50 great musicians featured and recorded during the course of Jazz at Noon, we have a bounty of talent and great music we can share with you virtually via this podcast. Before we start this week's episode, let me tell you that Jazz at Noon is brought to you by Black Box Fund, a fantastic nonprofit organization that believes that art can be a positive, unifying force to connect community. Black Box Fund supports public art, music, and performance that inspires, educates, and enhances the well-being of our Milwaukee communities, like Jazz at Noon. So check out their website at blackboxfund.org. Well, let's kick this episode 14 off and explain to you listeners that we're diverging a little bit from our previous long-running format. And uh, I'm going to do a little bit here uh, we're calling, not that imaginatively, Man on the Street. This week we're going to do Man on the Street in New York City, because that's where a friend of mine lives and is encountering the mean streets of the Big Apple as a young up-and-coming musician. His name is Matthew Rotker Lynn. And Matthew was a student of mine from the time he was about 15 until maybe 19 or so. He pretty much absorbed what was being offered here (laughs) and did the next obvious thing, I think. He, He moved to New York City with the blessing of his parents. He got into the City College of New York. And so he's in the best environment on earth for jazz music. Well, it's been a while since he's gone out there. He's completed his studies for his bachelor's degree. It's four years later, and he's definitely um, continued to develop what I'm hearing as a world-class style, studying with some of the best uh, artists on the scene out there, including Peter Bernstein, Fred Hirsch, Sean Smith, to name just a few. So listen, I guess that's Monkey Boy, my cat, meowing in the background. Must want something to eat. Well, he's going to have to wait because I'm right in the middle of this. Hey, I got to tell you, let's uh, listen to something that Matthew just sent me. It's a solo version. Did I mention Matthew is a guitarist? Well, if I didn't, he is. And this is a, a solo version, like I said, of Duke Ellington's Isfahan. Great tune. Hi, monkey boy. And um, he's just doing a bang-up job on this. Let's listen to it, and then we'll come back and actually talk with Matthew, okay? Here we go. Isfahan. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Again, that was Matthew Rotker Lynn. And we're going to hear more music uh, as he appeared on the Jazz at Noon performance series last August. And that is August 2019. So we'll be digging more of uh, his sound with a group. But right now, I'd like to bring him in and have him fill us in on What's going on in New York City during this uh, whole COVID-19? Give us some perspective through his eyes and what he's going through as a young upcoming musician. So, without further ado, let me uh, let me introduce you to Matthew Rotker Lynn. Hello, Matthew. Are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, very good. Excellent. Uh, thanks for, for doing this with us here on the Jazz at Noon podcast. Um, well, I had described uh, a bit of your biography beforehand, and you know the real reason I, I wanted to do this with you was to give us a, a sense here in the Midwest in Central Time, <laughs> as we joke about, right. uh, <laughs> what the scene was out there uh, and what it has been. You know what it was sort of before the pandemic hit. What maybe happened during the big close down and, and ultimately where you're at right now. But maybe you could just give us a, a start uh, and describe like how it was. You know, you've been out there like I, again, I had uh, alluded to prior about four years now. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so you've had a, a certain um, incline in your activity, but where were you at pre-pandemic? I was I was at a nice place actually, because uh, I was just starting to get, you know, a lot of calls from people I didn't really know for gigs. Yeah, that's I was huge. Going to jam sessions and people were taking down my number every night, and it was nice. I was gigging about maybe four times a week, and it was good for being a full-time student. And in addition to that, there was numerous jam sessions happening every night at Smalls, Mesbro, and pretty much, yeah. you know, every major club. Yeah, I was going to say, those are the name joints, so you're, you've got yourself uh, infiltrating those those yeah. arenas, yeah. And right up until uh, they were ordered to close, they were still hopping with people hanging and playing. And yeah, it was just really a thriving scene, and there's a lot of really active musicians still in New York right now. Yeah. 
Well, that must have been, uh, well, and again, you, you, you certainly put in the time to deserve that kind of uh, participation out there. In, and, uh, I mean, that, that must have been extremely fulfilling. I mean, it kind of, I guess I would say exciting that you, uh, you, you kind of see that the time put in is, was starting to yield real oh, yeah. results. Yeah, I mean, and the time is multifaceted. It's not just about uh, sitting at home with your guitar playing into. It's also about you know knowing how to talk to people, who to be talking to, how to present yourself, and making sure you know the tunes that that singer wants to play. Yeah. But all that stuff really does work, and there are things that I realized I had to do to insert myself into the community. And I was starting to get really rewarding. Yeah. You know, I, you may, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something in that, and that was uh, the, what a lot of people probably don't really realize about the, the life of a musician is when you are trying to break into a scene or to a group of new musicians, it really is on you to take the responsibility to learn the material, do a little research. And, you know, like you said, it's not all just playing what you want to play. It's about playing what people are playing yeah. and then play it as if every single one of those pieces are something that you, uh, that's your, like your favorite tune, right? You exactly. Yeah. I have a list on my phone of tunes that I've been stumped on. So every time I would go to a jam session and someone would say, like, hey, let's play Hindsight by Cedar Love or something. Because like, Hindsight, and I'd write it down and then I'd go learn it and then Next time that uh, they called that tune, I was ready. And that was a really great feeling. Beautiful. You know, I remember actually one time I was at a, uh, a little workshop. And it, and actually it was before I, this is a long time ago. This is before even I went back to school. And it was, Manti Ellis was doing a little workshop. And, and one of the things that struck me that he had, he said, and, and then I've heard him say it any number of times afterwards, was, uh, you know, don't go into the jam session not knowing the tunes that they're playing, you know. That's right. Yeah, you know, which which is so sensible, and yet I imagine there's a lot of cats probably do show up completely unprepared, you know, probably as oh, many, yeah. yeah. And But that's, that's part of the fun, I think. It's just like how it is a bit like, not uh, that there's any animosity, but there is sort of like a pecking order and a food ch a food chain, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the guys at the top are always the guys who know all of the tunes. Yeah. And, and there's quite a few that, tunes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. In addition to that, it's like, I know that if you're in Philly, you have to know different tunes than if you're in Chicago, right. or New York, et cetera. Right. right. Or, or, or Milwaukee. <laughs> don't, don't forget about us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, and again, like I said, that's a that's a huge part of the workload is making yeah. sure you know people. Again, the other I think the other thought that that's contained here is the fact that uh, I I don't know if you've kept track, but I'm sure the number of tunes that you've now become familiar with and made yourself familiar with is uh, growing exponentially. Uh, there are a lot of titles, aren't there? Yeah, I have, I have a list I keep on uh, my email, I think, where I try to add like a few tunes a week. And I've been doing that since I was studying with you and you were making me learn three Charlie Parker tunes a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was, I think, 
you know, people always say like, man, you know, so many tunes and that's, I get more compliments than that, than about my actual playing. And I totally attribute that to you. Well, like telling me to go learn those tunes. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, well, you know, I had to re-look re at uh, e uh, e Isfahan uh, again. I used to know that tune. I remember I played it one a lot with when Kenny was coming up, Reinhardt. Uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's another younger guy, but he's not as young as you anymore. He's pushing 30, I think, so he's oh. getting to be a veteran old guy. But, yeah, uh, yeah so that and it's such a great tune. You do such a great job on it, really. That solo oh, uh, version of just... I think it's uh, harmonically, it, it, that's where I notice your growth, really, almost every time I hear you play, is, you know, your, your chops and your, your fleet of finger, your, your, your grace on the instrument has always, honestly, has always been very good. It's always, to me, it's always been ahead of the pack. But what, what's really starting to happen is that your harmonic sense is growing uh, now to, and is maybe already caught up with that technical proficiency so it's really just fun to listen to thank you that means a lot to me yeah really good well so that was uh the height of things as far as the uh you, you know like what you've what you've come to out there and and then bam we have this <laughs> crazy pandemic thing hits did that happen really fast out there I think it was about like a two week span. I remember like, so March 17th, I think they ordered all of the music venues and non-essential businesses to close. Mm -hmm. And I think like March 10th, I remember it was the first time I went out and was like, wow, there's like nobody here because people were starting to really get scared. And then yeah. people were starting to shake hands with their elbows. And yeah. Like, wow, I, it still didn't feel real to me yet. And then I'm I think like March 15th, I got my first gigs canceled. Yeah, and then uh, March 17th, it was like, oh shit, like there's not going to be anything for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And yeah, everything closed right away. And it was really kind of bewildering. There was no plan or <laughs> no sort of familiarity for us. For right. How to deal with this. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, one of the, I guess it's the nature of what we're dealing with here is. It's not something you can, you really don't wake up uh, any yeah. particular morning planning for a, a worldwide pandemic, you know. Yeah. I think that's a redundancy, worldwide pandemic. Yes. <laughs> worldwide epidemic. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you know, I would have to say that it's, it was, it's probably, it sounds to me, talking to people, I just talked with a buddy in Washington, and same story, uh, and of course, same thing here, you know. Um, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast, actually, is because the live situation for Jazz at Noon completely just stopped. I think it stopped March 13th or something like that here. And uh, so what's your, what, I mean, I, I'm still not sure what the, to feel about it or think about it or how to, in my my mind hasn't even really accepted it. My lifestyle hasn't, you know. I'm an old guy and I'm semi-retired, so uh, <laughs> uh, I, my lifestyle hasn't really been affected that dramatically. And now I'm kind of talking about inside your head. What does this all feel like to a young guy who's kind of, you know, you're going up that ladder, do -de do -de do -de do, everything is going along pretty much like you want it to go. Uh, yeah. Not not that it's great and easy. I, I understand that. And I think everybody should understand that. You know, you're in the most competitive scene in the whole wide world. 
right. I mentioned in last week's podcast that New York City is the is the destination for people who are serious about this music. I think you you go to New York because it is the uh, best scene uh, to be around, Definitely. and um, you know. So, what what does your head feel like? Uh, it's a great chance to get an edge because, like you're saying, it is the most competitive scene. So, uh, I mean, this is a social music, so it's very hard to practice and learn if you don't get to try it out with other people. But I'm fortunate to be able to play in the park with my friends wearing a mask and socially distanced. And, well, for one, that's something that even the best musicians aren't getting to do right now. So... Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a leg up on everybody right now because I'm playing with people every weekend. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of people can't really stay the same. Yeah, that's really... Secondly, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's a chance to work on the stuff that I wasn't good at before that's just on me. So, like, my sight reading and my solo guitar and, you know, technique always... Yeah. it's just a great chance for that there's so much time for that yeah and you know actually this is a <clears throat> I've thought of this exact same thing I'm, I'm again I'm in a different kind of boat than you are but um, it, the veterans aren't really going to maybe they, they wouldn't even feel comfortable doing what you're doing you know reaching extra reach out to people maybe doing some busking and out in the parks and you know getting out there and just on your own uh, facilitating your own destiny, so to speak. Those guys, quote unquote, those guys. You know, like maybe people who have an agent or have a, a agency working for them, they're probably not as free, in a sense, to do what you can do on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to a great bass player friend of mine, Sean Smith. Mm-hmm. The great. Uh, based here in New York and he was saying you know a lot of people at a certain age they just don't really have the motivation at this point to you know go out and play like that yeah the same way. you know it's funny I, I I feel I feel that because part of me every morning says you know I think I'll just take my little portable amplifier and go outside and <laughs> and busk and then I and then something happens you know it's that motivation to be you know uh the uh, or or what the uh, the the 1980s saying you know the eye of the tiger you know yeah. you, you you got the eye of the tiger you you're not going to be stopped by a mere pandemic you know that's uh, that's not that's not in the cards so I I think that's great that you're doing that and uh, that's what you got to do you continue continue doing that yeah take the bull by the horns and show the initiative and like you said it's sort of in a sense it's kind of like a little bit extra free time to get into things that you like you said that you can improve on a little bit so uh, you got time and you know the time will come when you don't have any time to do that will you you'll just be going from gig to gig to gig and the responsibility will just be the gig and then you'll probably be saying geez I wish there was another pandemic so I could practice more yeah, you know, it's a, it yeah. is a great opportunity, and yeah. I know I'm going to come out of it better. And you know, I think a lot of other people in my position are going to as well. Yeah. 
Well, I, that's going to bring us to a, a, something I want to ask you about or, and have you tell us about. But right now, I'm going to interrupt us just for a little while because we're going to play a, a tune from your appearance uh, at the Jazz at Noon concert series. I believe it was last August. So I'm going to pick something out of that, play it, and then come back to you, okay? Okay. Well, I said we'd play more of Matthew Rotker Lynn playing the guitar. This is Victor Campbell on the drums, myself on the bass, and we're all playing I've Never Been in Love Before by Frank Lesser. This was recorded August 14th, 2019 at Catalano Square Park in the Third Ward, outside. You might hear a little bantering at the end of this one, some technical uh, advice. Uh, we had a little sound problem. So, Nothing to be alarmed about. It's just live performance. I've never been in love before with Matthew Rotker Lynn on guitar. I want to sing. Thank you. 
Yeah, you got to cut that down a little bit, man. That solo was too long. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, and we left off with you sort of talking about the almost like the advantages of having this extra time. You know, we don't we don't want the advantage to come uh, or the extra time to come really along with a pandemic, but here we are, so we have to accept right. things as they are. But this does bring me to my my. My final thought uh, that I wanted to pick your brain about a little bit, and that is, you know, you're, you, you're an artist first. And at this point, I really want to call you an artist, you know. Um, you're an artist first. And I always have felt, and I see it in other wonderful players that I know, is that when times are rough, you know, when there aren't that many gigs or, you know, for whatever reason, the calls aren't coming in. And in this case, it's a, it's a universal reason. But, you know, a lot of people would be damaged by that. They would, they would lose their initiative. They would lose their focus. But I think an artist, 
And this probably bridges all mediums, you know, all different disciplines. But an artist is an artist. So your mindset, I would assume, and I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you ramble a little bit with this thought, that uh, it doesn't really change. Oh, yeah. I, I think as an artist, you make a commitment to yourself that you are, you're going to be, I mean, I think, sorry, let me start over. I think sure. people think of artists as people who are inspired and use that inspiration to funnel their work. And that might be true sometimes, but I think as an artist, you also have to know how to be strong even when things aren't going your way and how to keep working regardless of what's happening around you. And I feel like I've made a commitment to myself and to the music that no matter what's happening, I'm going to put in a certain amount of time uh, every day to be mm -hmm. the best I can be at it. And that's, that's not going to change for a pandemic or anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's well. That's great. That was said just perfectly. I think it's. It really isn't going to change. Uh, it's the way it is. And and let me tell you another thing. And I, not to put pressure on you or anything, but we're all sort of counting on you to follow through. You know, I think your parents are. You know, you have great parents. Of course, I know them, and they're counting on you. And uh, I I know none of us are are putting overt pressure on you mind you that's not what i mean i mean we're we're happy that you're we're we're fulfilled with you that you're pursuing this thing and getting along the way you've been getting along out there in the <clears throat> really in the jungle you know that's a that's big deal out there that's uh that's a long way from central time i think what you've done is a is a great move it's a brave move and uh and now we we yeah i think a little bit we expect you do do great things. I know you're going to, I've always said you're going to do great things. And, you know, if you don't, I'm going to kick your butt. So uh, you got that to look forward to. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Matthew, wow, this was really nice talking with you. We, we, we could, <clears throat> we talk a little bit, but I, I can't wait to see you again. And uh, I know sooner or later you'll be showing up back here in your hometown and Maybe I'm hoping we can do a, some gigs together again. So, yeah, um, yeah. And in the meantime, boy, keep it up and keep me posted. And I'll keep uh, our listeners here at Jazz at Noon posted on your progress, too. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm going to let you go and get back to practicing. Learn a couple more All right. tunes. All right? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome, Matt. Take care. So I'm going to take us out of this episode with one more tune. This also was recorded August 14th, 2019 at Catalano Square Park. It's a Kenny Barron tune entitled Voyage. Matthew Rocker Lynn on guitar, Don Lanky on the bass, and Victor Campbell on the drums. Thanks a lot for listening. Tune in again. Tell your friends.
you enjoyed what you heard today, there's more great music available via our new CD, Don Linky and Friends, Jazz at Noon, Volume 1, which captures some of the finest performances from the first year plus of Jazz at Noon. You can download any of the songs or the whole CD via iTunes or Amazon Music. And remember to sign up for the Black Box Fund newsletter and follow Black Box Fund on social media for information on the new Jazz at Noon podcast episodes. We want to see you in the audience when we resume live Jazz at Noon performances. So please stay safe. This is Don Linky. Thanks for listening. Thank you.